guys i'm so glad to be back so glad to kind of get back into my normal traditional role as a podcaster i know the last couple podcasts i've been in conjunction to the church i'm serving at here in stanton virginia going through the spiritual disciplines hopefully you have enjoyed uh, that content hopefully you've enjoyed all the variety of guest speakers Sometimes it's always good to have conversations with other people instead of just myself, because sometimes, yeah, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get bored just talking about stuff, and it's just me in a room, and sometimes I like to have conflicting opinions or people who sometimes agree, so it makes sure that I'm not crazy sometimes with with my thoughts. Um, But today, I want to talk about something interesting. I I was on Twitter... And as I was on Twitter, I sometimes there'll be sponsored ads that get posted. And most of the time, they're just like articles or certain things. And there was one that was posted by Medium. Uh, I believe the date was on July 23rd. So, you know, about several several days back. And um, the title of this Medium article was called, These Ev- Evangelical Women are abandoning Trump and their churches. And kind of the uh, the um, subtitle says, The Me Too movement, pandemic, and protest for racial justice had divided the evangelical community from their strong men. Okay. And reading this article, it talks a lot about women in the evangelical churches um, and how a portion of them are beginning to Leave, I would say when I say leave the church, I think there is the physical leaving of the church, but I think there's also kind of a distancing amongst themselves, mainly because of the election, because of Donald Trump, um, and not necessarily because of Donald Trump himself, like he's not physically pushing women out of the church, but what I believe boils down to and what this article is saying, it goes down to his character. And just kind of reading through that, there's one point that I thought was interesting. And it says, in exit polls from the 2016 election, 80% of white evangelicals and the majority of self-identifying Christians said they voted for Donald Trump. The thrice-married, profane, biblically illiterate, sexually predacious candidate mirrored no beatitudes while some believers reject trump for his lack of decency for many christian voters his personal failings were not disqualifying here at last was a president who could muscle forward their political interest in her 2019 book red state christians journalist and lutheran pastor angela denker described traveling across the country after the election talking to Christian voters, and trying to understand the relationship with Donald Trump. Denker argues Trump may not know much about the Bible or evangelical Christianity, but his rhetoric resonated with a civic religion 
common in many evangelical churches, especially in the South, with this unique blend of nostalgia plus a little misogamy and dog whistle race politics on the side. There's a degree to which many churches have adopted a Christian nationalism that has wrapped faith tightly in patriotism and relies in some cases cases less on the gospel and more on God's or God guns and country. So let's talk about that. Because it's no secret, or at least I hope it's no secret, that I am not a big fan of civic or civil religion. I am not a big fan of Christian nationalism. And one of the reasons why that is, is because when I read the scriptures, Jesus never talks about being a Christian nation. He never talks about being a Jewish nation. Even when the Jews believed that the Messiah was going to be someone who's going to kind of reestablish Jerusalem as a Davidic seat, a Davidic kingdom, um, you know, someone who's going to, you know, battle off the uh, Roman Empire and reestablish, you know, what it means to identify as an Israelite, um, as a Jew, someone who connected to the Davidic kingdom, just making a great big kingdom here on earth. But that's not what Jesus was talking about at all. Jesus was talking about a heavenly kingdom. He was talking about a way of life, of being kingdom people. Um, At least that's my understanding of when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. So, when we look at kind of these numbers or kind of what's been happening and why there's so many people who are leaving the church in droves. A lot of times, I believe the biggest factor is that the church has become too political. And even just from my own experience as a minister, sometimes I get frustrated Because I feel like sometimes in Sunday school, the few times that I do sit in on Sunday schools or when I was teaching Sunday school at my previous previous, uh, church that I was at, it seemed like here you could talk about any topic in the Bible. You could talk about the book of Judges. You could go through the book of Exodus. You can go through uh, the Gospels. You can even go through kind of a... um, a study guide on topics or or kind of some type of curriculum. And it doesn't matter what you're talking about. It seems like there's always going to be one or two people in the room that are going to make it political. And then when they make it political, then politics begin to start talking. And to me, it bothers me when the red, right, and blue have more precedent than the cross that Jesus died on. Sometimes our patriotism is higher than the crown of thorns that Jesus wore. And sometimes... I get bothered by the fact that we can have an Easter service 
and we can sing great songs about Jesus' death and resurrection. And you can play those songs and people will sing them. People may get a little hoppy, may get a little excited about, yay, you know, Easter, let's belt out and sing. But I can remember a time when we had a soloist sing a song and it was around, I believe it was around Independence Day, July 4th. And they sang Lee Greedwood's uh, God Bless the USA, okay? And they sang that song. And as I'm watching this unfold, um, there are people who are standing up. There are people who were putting their hands over their hearts. There was even some people who had their hands over their heads to salute. You know, God bless the USA. And at the end of the song, there was clapping, there was cheering, there was like, woo! And there was more excitement on a song that had nothing to do about Jesus, nothing to do about God. Well, I guess God bless the USA, but I don't think God's in that song. Um, and yet there was more passion. And I think that's the thing. There was more passion about a song about our country than any other Sunday, whether it's a modern song, whether it's a hymn, talking about the Savior who loves us, who died for us so that we can have life, so that we can be free from sin, so that when we pass away, that we can be in heaven with Jesus. You know, those are songs that should fire us up, but no, 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 no. No clapping, no hands up in the sky, no, woo, yeah, praise the Lord, praise Jesus. No, praise the United States of America. So that's my first problem, you know, as I'm reflecting this. And obviously, I think that is a big problem within the church. The second thing, it has to do with character. I understand, I remember after the election, you know, I, I I listen, and again, I'm not someone who talks about who I vote for, like my wife doesn't know who I vote for, and I never tell people who I vote for, because it seems like even if you voted for, it doesn't really matter who you vote for, because if you tell people who you vote for, whether they agree with you, whether you voted for the other person, whether you voted third party, there's always going to be someone who's going to criticize you. And it's like, you know, to me, life's too short to be angry all the time. Life's too short to argue about politics. Um, when I can go myself and do things to make a difference in my communities and I don't need to have somebody do it for me. I can do it. And I can have a group of people who can do it to make a difference in our communities through community connections I made, through my local congregation. You know, we as people, which I believe not only as a Christian in what the Bible preaches, but even at the identity of the American identity that we, the people, can 
do things to help others in our community and we don't really need the government to give us handouts or anything like that to kind of make a difference. So a lot of times when I hear conversations, I always hear, and which is, and I think it's something that this article that I've just read pitched on, is that even though some believers reject Trump for his lack of decency, for his lack of biblical prowess or knowledge or living out the scriptures, and even with things like um, Jerry Falwell Jr., who sponsors them as someone who is a leader in evangelical circles, it's like the things that he has done, and I can understand the things he had done in the past, you know, maybe those things are forgiven because, again, those were in the past. But a lot of times for me, Indicators of good fruit or the fruits of the spirit is indicated that there has been a change because I'm starting to see good fruit being bared and kind of the past lifestyle or the past things one has done is starting to wither away. You know, if I see fruit and again, it's not my place to judge, but at least from some points I can say, okay, that's good. And if there's something that needs correcting, then I'll rebuke them and I'll Talk to him in private, and I'll say, "Hey, I noticed there's something going on. What what's happening? Let let's talk about this. Let's, you know, because again, as a minister, but even let's take the minister out of the equation. Even just as a fellow believer, as a follower of Christ, it's my responsibility to kind of help bear one bear another brother or sister's burden to help them be more Christ-like. And you don't have to be a minister to do that. So." I look at the thing like character, okay? I look at things at character. And there was a time back in American politics where sometimes someone's character was more prevalent than the positions they stood for on certain political topics or political issues. Um, And it's, I mean, obviously there was an, uh, when was it? Shoot, hold on. There was something that came out, which I thought was hilarious. Um, Yeah, it happened six days ago. So this would have been probably right around time this article came out that I'm reading from Medium. Uh, But again, we, if you haven't heard, the Dixie Chicks are back, but they're no, they're dropped the Dixie. They're just called the Chicks. And they were interviewing them and interviewing them and kind of talking a little bit about their new album and kind of even why they dropped the Dixie name and everything again with stuff going on in this world. But kind of one of the members, uh, Natalie Maines, was very critical of George W. Bush. Um, you know, I think both of them lived in Texas, so obviously, you know. No, there was there was no love lost there. They she was not a big fan of George W. Bush, and talking she jokes and she said, you know, she would make out with George W. Bush now compared to Donald Trump. And it's interesting because I know even earlier days, like they're interviewing Nancy Pelosi, I think, and she made something and she said something about, and I think she happened to mention George Bush's name, 
about some type of heated thing that was happening in Congress. And she kind of stopped herself and she she apologized. She goes, you know, if I knew... She basically said something along the lines, and I can't remember how she didn't want to disrespect George Bush because now she knew how, even though they didn't see eye to eye, even when he was president, there were some things they butted head with. But compared to what she has to deal with now with the current president, you know, he seems like a saint and really saw him as a man of character. Um, and I think that's kind of the same thing. Like, even people who didn't vote for Trump. They one thing that they always will spout about on certain things that they don't like about President Trump, a lot of times it's about his character. And I look at the evangelical church, one of the things that I think is so shocking is like, you know, if we look at the numbers and if these numbers are correct, because again, I haven't fact checked any of this, so we'll let's just take it with a grain of salt. But if eighty percent of white evangelicals, and I don't really know when they use the term evangelical, because a lot of times um, evangelical has a different words. Like I don't consider myself part of evangelical in that movement or in that, that label. But if we see that 80% of white evangelicals and a majority of self-identifying Christians said that they voted for Donald Trump, despite his character flaws, and despite some of the things that he and, – and even some are saying that they would probably vote for him again this election, despite all the character flaws. There's a part of me that always goes back and thinks like, okay, let's put this in a modern-day setting. Let's put it in a reality setting. If you had a boss – that acted the way that our current president is acting now, would you still work for them? I'm sure there may be some who voted for him that may say yes, and I'm sure there's some who voted for him. You said, if this was my boss, no. If this was my coworker and they were doing the same things, I would probably go to HR. Okay, all right. Let's let's now again we're talking about evangelical here and Christians. So let's again this is a podcast that focuses on Christianity, uh, religion, psychology, and um, entertainment. You know the th- kind of my wheelhouse. Let's go one step further. Let's say the minister of your church, the lead pastor, is has the same behaviors and characteristics of our current president. Would you still attend that church? Yes or no? Nope, and my battery is running low. So, for those of you who are watching this video, this is going to be very weird. (laughs) Let's see. Let me get this plugged in real quick. and Hopefully, I don't lose my feed. Boom, there we go. All right. Sorry, let me get resituated. <laughs> but think about that. If this was your minister, if this was your Sunday school teacher, if this was an elder or a deacon or a bishop or someone who is in leadership in your church and they're acting like this, 
would you still stay at that church? Or would you leave or would you report? Write a letter to the board saying, hey, I have some concerns with this uh, person's characteristics. And even kind of looking at the opening of this um, article in the Medium article, um, Katie Loveland, who's 37, was kind of talking a little bit about her history and where she went to church. And she said, one morning in 2016, one morning after she taught a Sunday school, there was an usher, an older, an older gentleman, who followed her into the church kitchen, blocked the exit, and was looking at her like up and down and basically said, do you have a twin? Because I'd sure like to have that. After Sunday school, an usher blocking a woman, a young woman, in the kitchen, eyeing her up and makes the comment, do you have a twin? Because I sure like to have that. And obviously, she wrote a letter to the leadership. And not only that, but there was other women who were bothered by this same incident that this uh, usher was doing. And yet, nothing happened. Nothing happened. And this gentleman still continued to pass the plates, still continued to distribute the communion elements. Um... Yeah, so that is not okay. And again, it's stuff like that where she begins to reevaluate how does my church treat the women of the church? How do the men treat the women of the church? Are they encouragers or are they saying things that are inappropriate? Things that are... If it was said in the workplace, HR would get involved. So to me, this is a big concerning problem. And again, I think the biggest issues is it's a character issue. And I think it says a lot about the modern American church where because we are so politically involved that the kingdom ethics, the kingdom morals need no apply in our decisions on who is about voting for my particular party and making sure that the th- political things that I want done happen. And I think the one thing that we as followers of Christ have to do is we really have to examine ourselves. We really have to examine our hearts, examine our minds and really allow the spirit to bring up some of these things and basically say, Hey, Are we representing the kingdom or are we representing our political stances, but we're kind of putting a Christian label in there? Are we standing up and speaking out for kingdom values within our churches, within our workplaces, and within our um, communities and country? Or are we allowing our political views seeping into our religious institutions, and that's beginning to take precedent. And finally, you know, I think the big thing is it has to go back to character. 
You know, are we being kingdom people? Are we exhibiting kingdom ethics? And the people that we want to be in leadership as a Christian, you know, for me, if I want someone who has my values, the one thing I am going to look at is, A, what's your character like? And B, do you support some of the political values that I have? Because again, I'm not saying as Christians we can't be political, but I think that there's a big difference between what comes first. Because at the end of the day, I want to make sure that the people that I am voting for have good character and that they support my values, my political values. And on the same token, I know sometimes... It's like, well, once you kind of get to a certain situation, then you can only pick one or the other. You can only pick the Republican or the Democrat. And that's not true. There are third parties. And I know people are going to say, well, voting for third party throws away your vote. But at the same time, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of tired of seeing the chaos that's happening in our country with a two-party system. So maybe it might be a good idea to start looking at other candidates. Go to like I side with, do the survey. You can make it as long or short as you want and then really look at who are the people that you're voting for and who are those people who you want to do. And even, you know, and it's very interesting too. I had a buddy who posted something that during one of the presidential debates um it's just going to be um, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. They're not going to have any of the uh, other uh, third-party candidates there. And they're like, well, why not? I mean, during a Republican, during like a Democratic, um, during kind of a Democratic or Republican um, portion of the election, you can have 12 or 15 or you have to separate it between two nights that have different people speak until you start narrowing it down to one. You can have 20 people on stage discuss issues, but then when it gets in the nitty-gritty, when Americans have to make a choice and vote for whoever's going to be the president in the United States, we can only have two. We can't have three. We can't have four. That doesn't make sense to me. So hopefully if someone knows why that is, um, besides advertisers and money um if there's actually a good reason why that is then please uh you know drop me a line in the comments and uh, you can leave a comment at the uh, scott stedman uh, the scott com. that's my website you could also leave it on my uh facebook page uh just do the official scott stedman podcast also my twitter and also my instagram which all that's posted on my start screen, if you're watching this video live, you can go to those things and be able to make your comments because I'd like to hear them. Uh, but yeah, uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening. And again, I want to know what your thought is about you know this article. If you haven't read it, you can go to medium.com and just kind of do a search for, again, the, hi- the title, the headline is These Evangelical Women Are Abandoning Trump and Their Faith Communities. So those are things that you can look at. You can... Um, you can find that article, um, and then you can pretty much look around for any article, especially the reference I made to uh, Natalie Maines talking about making out with George W. Bush. Um, so I think those are things that um, you can look into, and again, I'd like to know your thoughts. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a 
wonderful rest of the day, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.